0: If you would please tonight to Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6, praise God. We have been uh, in recent Wednesday night services talking about the subject of divine healing. Amen. Not scientific healing. Thank God for that. We're not talking about the healing that comes through natural processes. Not talking about that. We're not talking about the healing that comes through good nutrition. Thank God for all of that. We're talking about divine healing. Healing that comes by a direct working of the agency of the power of God in our life. Aren't you glad that divine healing is a tenet, a doctrine, a redemptive right and benefit of all of God's children. Anybody in here glad about that? Glory to God. You know, I'd love Jesus anyway. If He didn't make any provision in this life for my body, I'd love Him anyway. Sure would, because He saved my soul. I was deserving of hell and eternal damnation, and He forgave me and redeemed my soul. But I'm just so grateful... That when He redeemed my life spiritually, He exempted me, He freed me, be a better word, from the punishment of sin. If I'm free from the guilt of sin, then there's no reason legally why I should, or any of us, should endure the punishment of sin, which is sickness and disease. And uh, so praise God. There's been several messages uh, in recent weeks. Uh, If you've not been able to, to take part with us, we've already talked some about... Uh, you know, proving to you from the Bible that it's God's Word to heal us. Uh, if you're not convinced of that fact, that's where you need to start, and that's where you need to stay until you get established in that truth. And, of course, our ministry over the years has an abundance, hours and hours and hours of teaching available uh, on this subject if you were to be interested in seeking it out. But uh, I have peace in my heart about just staying with it tonight. Amen? Amen. You know, uh, Almost every governor, probably every governor out there is getting up every day and talking about sickness and disease. How many died? How many got sick? How many this? How many that? And I, I understand why they're doing it. It's a very important issue. Uh, amen. But some of that, you know, if you're not careful, if you're watching the news and, and you're reading the web articles and you're listening to the updates every day, listen, Your faith comes by hearing, right? You know, you just have to be guarded as you want to be informed, I guess. But uh, don't be affected and influenced by what you hear and by what you see. Amen. God has made provision for us to protect us. Amen. And to heal us. I want to begin tonight by uh, highlighting something in the scripture I think is vitally important for us all to know and understand about how healing comes about how divine healing comes. If you study divine healing in the Bible, especially in the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, and over into the New Testament, the book of Acts, uh, you will find, if you're paying attention, that healing comes or it manifests through one of only two primary flows or streams. Amen. And they're different streams. And it's just important to rightly divide them because the more understanding we have about the two streams, primarily by which God's going to bring healing to us, uh, we'll be more skillful. The more knowledge we have, the more skillful we should be. The more skillful we are, the easier it's going to be for us to receive what we're after. And that's the healing of our body. And so, number one will be the last one and that I'll deal with tonight. Uh, but the first stream is healing through prayer right? Uh, someone prays for you, uh, or you pray for yourself. You pray and release your, your faith yourself on the written, based on the written promise of God, and you just stand your ground by faith on the Word, right? Someone prays for you, so healing can come through the stream of prayer. The second primary stream Is healing that will come through the ministry of the healing anointing. I want to show you that uh, as a stream by looking at a couple of quick references. So bear with me as we look at a few. The first one is here in Luke chapter 6, verse number 17. And it says And he, Jesus, came down with them and stood in the plain, in the company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Now let's notice how healing came to this multitude. How deliverance from being vexed with evil spirits, tormented by demonic spirits, how did it come? Verse 19 tells us, And the whole multitude sought to... Touch him, for there went virtue, or it would be better translated power, power out of him, and healed them all. Now who's the all? All who touched him. Not all in the city, but all who touched him. So you notice how this would happen. Multitudes would press upon him, and if they could touch him, it says that virtue or power flowed out of him into them, and it healed their body. That power healed their body, or it drove out that demonic power that was oppressing them and afflicting them. Now it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it, It shouldn't be a surprise to us. What kind of power is this? Well, what did it do? It healed them. So this is healing power that was invested on and in Jesus. And evidently that power could flow out of Him. But notice it came, it didn't just leap off of Him onto someone but it was transferred from Him to them. So there's a law in the Bible that uh, some of us have have, uh, grabbed hold of that I'll introduce to you real quick, and it's called the law of contact and transmission. So this healing power... Now, we're not talking about the other stream yet. We're talking about the other stream, the second stream avenue by which healing can come is through the ministry of the healing anointing. And that whole stream is worthy. Maybe the Lord allows us to do a whole study on just that. But you remember in Acts 10.38, don't go there, but in Acts 10.38 it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed with the devil. So Jesus, in His earthly walk in ministry, had He had been endued with a power that would bring healing to people. Now, I can only think about, think about one instance. I haven't done a thorough study. I didn't have time this afternoon. But just thinking about what I know in the, the passages and the ministry of Jesus, can you think of anyone that Jesus prayed for to be healed? He prayed a prayer for them to be healed. Oh, Father. The only one that I can think might fit that would be Lazarus. Lazing Lazarus. Because he said before Lazarus's tomb, he didn't touch Lazarus's body. He didn't lay hands on him. Lazarus couldn't touch him. He's dead. But way back before he even went to where Lazarus was, he spoke this sickness. is not unto death, but unto the glory of God. And when he stood before Lazarus' tomb, he said, Father, uh uh-oh, if you're talking to Father, what's that? It's called prayer. What is prayer? Talking to God. Talking to God, hearing from God. That's prayer. Father, I thank you that you have already heard me. So maybe the... And then he called Lazarus forth and he was raised from the dead. So maybe that would be one instance. But can you think of any other instance... If you do this week, you think about it, I'd be very interested. It might have happened. But see, he didn't, in in his earthly walk, he did not need to pray to God or to exercise his faith in a written promise. Why? Because he was anointed with a tangible healing anointing, a healing power. He didn't need to pray, he just needed to touch them or they needed to touch him. And when they did, that power flowed out of them and drove out the devils and rendered their bodies healed. And God is still healing people through that stream today. In our uh, group of ministries and believers in, in FOF and in the group, that the company of believers that, that I run with, there are many ministers and that's primarily the way they, they have healing ministries. They have healing anointings. So Dr. Dufresne, He did not pray for the sick. In fact, one time he got really in trouble with Jesus. Jesus, during the service, actually appeared to him on stage and rebuked Dr. Dufresne because he put out a flyer for that meeting that said, Prayer for the sick every night. Well, Dr. Dufresne didn't pray for the sick. His ministry was, through the laying on of hands, he would transmit healing power. See, Dr. Defrane's healing ministry was primarily through this other stream, this stream we're talking about right now. Amen. Where the you come in through the laying on of hands, right? That healing power is still transmitted. if you go back to our, our lesson on, on Sunday about us being the body, you could understand. God is still, He is still ministering. It's that, that stream of healing that we're talking about right now, is not unavailable because Jesus left. We are the body of Christ. And God has set gifts of healings in the body of Christ. And there are people that are especially called of God with healing endowments and a healing anointing, and they'll minister to you that way. But listen, that's not the only way, that's not the only stream that healing comes. So if there's a prayer line, or if we, as we have ministries, and, and I have a healing anointing in my life, you understand, okay, I understand this is the stream that I'm in. This is the flow I'm in right now, and I know what my part is in that. And let me show you that real quick. If we don't get to this other, we'll be here next week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, praise God. So uh, go with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And let's look at an instance here. We're still talking about this second stream of healing that can come to us and that's through the ministry of the healing anointing. There's so much to learn about that. Evidently, this healing anointing was tangible. It flowed. Right? And uh, we know from Acts 19.11 that that tangible healing anointing that Paul had on his life f- would flow out of his hands into a handkerchief think about that it was actually transmitted from his hands and that power that unseen but very real tangible power went into that cloth and then they took that cloth from his body or from his hands and they went and took it to other locations and laid it on the sick one and that power once it contacted that napkin contacted the sick one that power left the cloth and went into the sick person's body and drove out the sickness and disease. Or if they had a demonic power, it says the d- demon spirit had to leave. Think about that. You know, we go to the store and we buy batteries, right? Because there's already been an insertion of power into that. A battery is just a storage thing. We'll take that home, we'll put it in our, our controllers, our remote controls, our, you know, whatever it is, our flashlights. And the power then that was put in now flows out. Right. So this tangible healing anointing, amen, is measurable. It's tangible. It could be stored, and it can flow from one to another. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Praise God. So let's look at this in Mark chapter five verse twenty-five. It says there was a certain woman. We're very familiar with this story. She had an issue of blood twelve years. Right. And then it talks about how uh, she had heard about Jesus. And then she came. Now, look at verse 27. It says, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched His garment. This tells you what she must have heard. What do you think she heard? People are coming in contact that the touch of Jesus is healing people in her city. Because notice, she didn't leave her house and say, because I heard of Jesus, I came to have Him pray for me. What was she seeking? What it says she was seeking tells you what she heard. Very similar. She heard that it was happening, like we just read, that people were touching... Or He was touching them and they were being healed. And she said, if I can but touch just the hem, I don't have to have His full attention, but if I can grab hold of the hem of His garment, I know I will be healed. So you can gain more skill. She she probably didn't know it or not, but she's having... What is her part to play in this stream of healing? To believe that if she can that at the contact at the transmission at the at the touching of someone anointed with healing power I will be healed so her faith was involved but she was not she was not having faith in a prayer there was no prayer it was faith in a flow of power now I want to have very highly developed faith to receive from both of these streams. Because as I'm around anointed men and women of God, and see, healing power is not the only thing that can be, can, can be transmitted. In Acts chapter 19, Paul found 12 disciples that were born again, but had not been filled with the Holy Ghost. It said he laid his hands on them, and the power of the Holy Ghost, the, they were baptized with the Holy Ghost, spoke with tongues as he laid hands on them. I have that ministry too. I'm not saying I'm Paul. I'm not. But I'm just saying I have that ministry. You let me get my hands on you. You're going to speak in tongues. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Be careful. (laughs) Amen. But let's read this. There's something more interesting. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. She touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So notice, she felt. She felt. Then it says in verse 30, is very interesting. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that what? Virtue, power had gone out of him. Think about this. Jesus is aware of the outflow She is aware of the inflow. Do you see how this anointing was tangible? What does tangible mean? Touchable, measurable, capable of being touched, capable of being felt. Now you don't have to feel it for it to work. Sometimes I will feel that anointing go out of my hands. But a lot of times I won't. doesn't matter to me. I just know what God told me. I know God told me the very day Dr. Defrain went to heaven. He told me, he said, I want you to minister a certain way tonight on the gifts of healings. It's going to be a sign to you that you're called to the healing ministry. You're called to the healing ministry and to walk in the footsteps of your spiritual father. It doesn't mean I'm him, but in the healing area, I have, I have a part of that. I have a heritage in that. I, I have a healing. I can walk in those same footsteps. So as I'm faithful to my ministry as Dr. Dufresne was to his, people are going to be healed as I lay my hands on them. And they have been. And they are, and they will be in the future. In fact, in 2012, I was sitting standing right there, and Dr. Dufresne laid hands on three ministers of which I was one. I call it the concussion prophecy. He hit me so hard. And uh, just knocked me in the floor. I don't think it was slaying the Spirit. I think he just cold-cocked me. He was just getting after it. And... Uh, But out of the prophet's mouth said, Great works of power shall be wrought by these hands. Didn't make me nothing. I didn't ask for that. I'm just trying to be obedient. But I wanted you to see through this stream of healing, what was she believing? She was believing that she'd be healed through the touch. Like others were being. And she was. She believed that at that touch, that power would go into her like it had gone into others and it would heal her body, and it did. So, when you come to healing lines, right, or you have those moments in the church, outside of a church, wherever, where someone's gonna lay their hands on you, you need to believe that the power of God will go into my body at the touch. And begin a healing work and it will work until it's done. Until I'm healed. That's what you're required to believe. Through that stream of healing. I need to look up the date. It's been a long time. I think it was in 1950, 1951. Jesus appeared to Brother Hagen, And uh, Brother Hagen was instructed to bow before the Lord. And um, he said, Jesus said, extend me the palms of both of your hands. And Jesus took the index finger on his right hand Jesus or brother Hagin said and he touched the palm of both of my hands. And he said, "Now I'm giving you a special anointing to heal the sick." It was a tangible healing anointing. And then he said, "Here's how this anointing's going to work." He said, "You tell the people I appeared to you. You tell them I took the thing my finger and I Put my finger in the palms of both of your hands. You tell them that I gave you a special anointing to heal the sick. You lay your hands on them. If they will believe that, that power will leave your hands and go into that body and effect a healing and a cure. But see, so on Jesus' side, he raised up a minister and gave him a special, tangible anointing to heal the sick. Amen. But the people on their side had to believe in the power. See, if you just come up into a healing line, I wonder, well, maybe it'll work. Maybe something will happen. Maybe No, nothing's going to happen because you're not believing anything. I was reading a book by uh, John G. Lake today, and he's very scientific, and he was talking about, I found out in experimenting and pressing into spiritual things that uh, faith and the Spirit of God work exactly like some chemicals. You put the two together, it goes boom. When you put faith with the power of God, it goes boom. Amen. He said, just like he said, he said, but you won't. Just like with chemicals, you can't mix any chemicals and get a boom. But if you get the right ones mixed together and you put those into in contact together, it will go kabam! It will go boom. You will get an explosion. You will get a manifestation of power. Amen. Well, God's got His own system in the spirit realm. On your side, your job is to bring the chemical of faith. And God is to supply the power. And when your faith comes in contact with His power, kaboom! And that 12-year-old hemorrhage was immediately healed and driven out of her body when the right ingredients were mixed together. So someone could be highly anointed. I mean, they could be dripping, right, with the power of God. But if if you come curious... If you come hoping, if you come wishing, if you come doubting, or if you just come expecting the minister to do it all, you won't get it. Right. Because you didn't add the right chemical. Come to the healing lines expecting. Amen. Expecting what? Not to feel something. You might, you might not. That's why some people fall. Don't, don't do a courtesy fall to make me look spiritual. I'm not into that. I'm not into the flaky stuff. And you're not gonna, if you, Whether you fall or don't fall, whether you feel, you don't feel, that don't matter. That's, you're going to trip and tangle yourself up. Now, don't, don't stand there, and, you know, but be a good receiver. But if the power of God comes on you, amen, and knocks you in the floor, fine. That doesn't mean you're going to be healed either. You, when you leave and go back to your seat, what you believe about that power it means everything to what, whether or not that power will have any effect in your body. Are you with me tonight? Yeah. So Jesus whirls around. He said, who touched me? So you see, what stream of healing is this? This is all to do with that tangible anointing that was on his life. Let's look at one more. You want to look at one more? Let's look at uh, Mark six fifty-six. I mean, I've got two or three more. This happened all through Jesus' ministry. Mark 6, 56. We're close by <clears throat> there in our Bibles. And let's go ahead and read verse um, 55 for context. And, and ran through that whole region roundabout began to carry out in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country they laid the sick in the streets. And what did they do? They besought him that they might touch if it were the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Praise God. And the, the, the news was out on him, right? Prayer is not mentioned. But he is just saturated with the healing power of God. And that's what, but they did bring an expectancy, right? I mean, where are the people, you know? bringing in people on carts and wheelchairs and you know where 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 are the ambulances and the stretches because there's not a there's not an expectancy yet and that's on our side not the world's side we need we need to come up so we can be the place where this wonderful power can manifest and perform a notable miracle come on brother brandon brother john some of us if we're candidates, let's just let Him do a notable miracle. And let's put you on the news. And I promise you, they will be here. The Word, in this, in this revival, we're going to get back to that. And that's what was going on in the healing revival of the 40s and 50s. God had raised up a bunch of men and women that had this healing anointing. They didn't know much about the Word, but they had this healing anointing on it, And so primarily through the laying on of hands... The power of God was transmitted, and healing was the result. Isn't that good? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, now go over, to, um, go over to James chapter 5. Y'all alright? See, there's a lot to learn about this subject. And I think, it's, I think it's just so worth it for us to take the time to teach these things. Again, because the more you know, then the more equipped you are to be skillful if you want to be. Yes. In in both your giving. You don't have to be a full-time preacher, a full-time fivefold minister to have a tangible healing anointing come on your life. That's right. Amen. Amen. It's just quite and we're all commissioned just by faith to lay hands on the sick. You may not feel nothing, you just believe, I laid my hands on the sick, power of God went in them. Every believer has a healing ministry. And you ought to be out there having fun with this. Wherever it is that you live, wherever it is that you're interacting, you ought to be believing God for an opportunity to get your hands on somebody. Get their permission first. We live in a, you know, kind of a weird world, but... uh, Amen. And be bold about it. Don't say, let's just see what the Lord might be able to do. No. Say, let me pray for you. Let me put my hand on you. He'll heal you right now. And your knees will, you know... (laughs) Go together. But God will back you up. I have learned this. God will back you up. He won't let you down. Amen. As you're out working for Him. Amen. So James chapter 5, verse 14 says, Is any sick among you? We're going to look at this other stream for a few minutes before we leave. Is any sick among you? Let him call. Now who's supposed to call? Everybody thinks the pastor is supposed to know who's sick. That's not what the Bible says. No is any sick among you, let him or her call for the elders of the church and let them pray. Here's the word prayer. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save, sozo, rescue, heal, deliver the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. Isn't that sweet? That the Holy Spirit would put that in there. Lest the one being prayed for would think, it might not work because I may have committed some sin. You ever felt like that? I have. <laughs> Maybe I'm just... But I love this because he said, you call for the elders of the church, they'll anoint you with oil, pray the prayer of faith over you, and God will save the sick. He didn't say he might. He didn't say he might. He said he will. I expect him. I expect him. This is covenant language. I just recently had the opportunity to anoint one of my sheep, my wife and I, with oil. She called. We came. We prayed this prayer. God is raising her up. God is ra- right. Otherwise, that that you can't trust that scripture. But you can. But what stream of healing is this? We're not talking about a flow of tangible healing, anointing power through the law of contact and transmission. We do see the laying on of hands here. But the emphasis is pray the prayer of faith. Now you don't have to be the elder of the church to do this. Go over to Mark 11. Let me show you something. Mark 11. Glory to God. What are you going to do if you're all by yourself? Moms, dads. What are you going to do if there's no tangible healing anointing around, no hand to have put on you? See, we need to become skillful with both of these streams. We don't want to. We don't want to say, "I don't need that one," and just do the one. I've got, I, why is it? I, I, I've just learned. Maybe it's. I'm coming up in prosperity. To me, it's not either or. It's both. How would the Lord lead me? I don't care what stream it is. I just want to be healed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I just want to be healed. And so Mark 11, verse number 24, Mark eleven twenty-four 24, says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. When you pray. So there's the word prayer. Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, Brother Hagen was healed on this verse. Of three incurable, medically impossible, you-have-to-die diseases. Nobody laid hands on him. There's no tangible healing power transferred to his body. Oral Roberts didn't come to his house and lay hands on him. No cloth that I know about was brought. He was healed... It took him a while to get it figured out how to make his faith work for him. Now you have to ask yourself, is healing in Mark eleven twenty four? 24? I didn't read the word healing in there. Well, what does it? It says, whatsoever you desire. Well, is to be healed a godly desire? You should know the answer to that by now. Of course it is. Of course it is. So let's just think about it this way. I desire healing for myself. I desire healing for my wife. I desire healing for my three children. Amen. I desire healing for you. Amen. Amen. Now, when you go to talking about the prayer of faith, one of the things that you need to understand is this kind of stream is primarily for you, for yourself. I can try, and I have had success, but I, there's no guarantee that I can make my desire and my prayer for you come to pass. Right. I can do it once or twice, I've found, when people are new. Amen. But very often I've found I, I can't pray the prayer of faith for you very long. Right. Why, why would that be? Because what you say and what you think and what you're believing matters. Nobody's got more authority in your life than you. And I can't override what you're saying and what you're thinking and what you're believing by my prayer and my desire. It doesn't work that way. If that was true, God would do that to all of us. We'd all get saved and move into the millennium tomorrow. Because He desires all of us to be saved. But And Jesus is praying as our high priest, is He not? But He's not forcing people to be saved. So you have to understand this stream is primarily for you and for those that are joyfully or directly submitted to your authority. I've had people leave the church and then very quickly ask me to pray the prayer of faith for them because something happened after they left the church. And I said, well, I will. I'll try. But you left. You're not under my spiritual... I'm not offended about it, but you're not. We don't have the same tie. We don't, you're a brother, you're a sister, but you're not... I'm not your pastor. You said I'm not your pastor anymore. So you've kind of limited... You've, you've severed a string through which, spiritually, through which I could reach your life spiritually. You said you didn't want that anymore. People don't appreciate that kind of thing. You ought to think twice before you leave your church. Who's going to pray for you? <laughs> Amen? Oh, glory. So notice what he said. If we're going to make this work for us, and we need to, we need to be working ourselves in this area. Therefore, I say unto you, Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire. So let's just say it this way. For those of you that desire healing, when you pray, you're required to do something when you pray. What is it? Believe. Believe. What does that word mean? It means to trust. So when you pray for healing trust. That word means confidence. Have confidence in. So when you pray for healing for yourself, you are required to have confidence in what? We have to read on. What did he say we're required to believe? That you receive it. That you receive it. Receive what? What you desire. In this case, healing. So to be healed through this avenue, you have to be prepared to believe you receive your healing at the time you pray. Not at the time you feel better. Not at the time when you see any change in your body. In the spirit, it's in your prayer, you have to believe you receive your healing at the time you pray. So when you're done praying, when you leave that place of prayer... To you, you better be healed. And if you don't leave that moment healed, not, not according to what you feel, but in your spirit, you have reached out and I have it. God heard my prayer. God heard my prayer. It's done in my life. I am healed. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not healed because I feel better. I'm not healed. I'm not not healed because I feel worse. I'm healed because He said, "Whatever I desire, healing, believe I receive it." If I would do that, He said, "You will have it," and that's His part. You having it, and you shall have it. That's His side. That's His side. So, you know, you say, whoa, man, I, I took this diligence thing to heart, and I went home and added it up, and golly, I'm going to need $500 I wasn't thinking about. I'm going to need $500 by the, by the 1st of November that I don't know where it's coming from. Well, then you desire money, don't you? Could you take this? Of course you could. But you, what do you, would you be required to do? Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus for $500 to be supplied to me by the time I need it. For that prayer to come to pass, what are you required to do? Believe you receive the $500 when you pray. You're not hoping God will give it to you. You have it by faith right then. Brother Hagan said this don't be deceived. Very few Christians actually know how to believe they receive at the time that they pray. And even fewer will stay believing they receive for any length of time. Most of us get over here and we forget that place of prayer and we talk exactly opposite what we just said we believe we received. Right? So many Christians I know, they're so sweet and they're so sincere, but I just know. I just know on the inside when I hear them talk, they're not they're not getting they don't get it. Yeah, I know, but God's gonna heal me sometime. Well, you didn't believe, you receive at the time that you prayed, because you're waiting for God to do something. People, Christians are defeated in their prayer life by the tenses. That's what defeats them. The tenses, the three tenses, past, present, and future. So are you healed? Pastor, I, I sure hope I am. You're not then. You're not then. Did God hear you, Did God hear your prayer? I sure hope he did. I sure am praying he did. Well, he didn't. And you're not getting it. Because you didn't believe you received at the time that you pray. You have to believe what? Believe that your prayer request becomes yours. Uh, some translations will say, believe that it, your request, your desire is granted to you. So yet, what, you're, what you're believing, it's not that you're now going to deny any symptoms that are in your body. You are taking God's word for it. Like you would a banker. Like you would, you know, so like uh, we've given some offerings to a brother... Uh, friend of ours in Mexico. Well, you know, that's a wire. And so when I message him and give him the wiring information, he rejoices. The money is not his hand, but he has it. He believes he has the thousand dollars. He rejoices. He knows his family is going to be provided for for a month. He hasn't seen the money, he hasn't felt the money, he hasn't gone to the transfer station yet, but based on what I said, he's got confidence he's got the money. He's making plans for victory, he's talking like he's got it because he does. That's what faith is. You have to believe based on God's promise that you are healed. God said, I was. What do you mean? Well, you better have some scripture. By his stripes, I was healed. 1 Peter 2.24, by His stripes I was healed. That's my desire. I believe I receive it, Father. And then from that moment on to you, you've got it. In your heart. Doesn't mean that doubts won't come to your mind, but in your heart, you believe that you are well. You believe that you are healed. You believe that God is true to His Word. You believe that the power of God is at work in you now. Not through a transfer of healing power, but by faith in His Word. By faith in His Word. By faith in His Word. And you're not moved a bit if you don't feel any better. You're not moved a bit. If uh, two weeks go by and you're worse, sometimes you're just going to have to stand your ground, sweetheart. You're just going to have to stand your ground. Having done all the stand, you're going to have to stand. Walk by faith, not by sight. Believe you got it, even though... You know, your body says you don't have it. The doctor says you don't have it. But you know you do because of Mark eleven 24. Amen. Let's close. Let's go over to Mark. Uh, we're in Mark. Let's go back to Mark chapter 9. And we'll close right here. Praise God. Do so you see the two streams? You know, we make big mistakes when we just lump all spiritual operations in one bag, like, you know, putting the chicken in the flour and just, just shake it all out and dump it out, and like it's all the same. No, there are rules and there are laws and principles that govern these spiritual transactions. Right? You know, it's great if, if, if your faith is undeveloped, and you're not yet where you ought to be in believing you receive by faith, aren't you glad there's this other strength? Aren't you glad there's this other? You still have to bring your faith to it too. You have to believe that power. So, but but see, to have that added benefit of someone with a tangible healing anointing to lay their hands on you, that power will go into you directly. Both streams will get to the same end, but they you got to run you got to run the trail the way you're going. Know what you're doing. Okay, so we're closing right here, in Mark chapter nine, uh, around verse some. Um, 19, of course, this man had brought his son, who had a deaf and dumb spirit, to the disciples. The disciples tried to get him delivered, and they couldn't. Really, if you read the whole account, they gave up, and that's why they couldn't. And, and so the father comes to Jesus, and Jesus says in verse 21, Well, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, well, since he was a child, and oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him, but if, notice what the father said about his son, to Jesus, if you can, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. This is where the vast majority of the body of Christ is when they pray. They they point their finger at God and say, if it's your will, if it's your will, if you can, if you would, Father, please. They're putting it all off on the Lord. They're putting it all off on God. Well, we had not talked about that strain. That's not a strain. That's religious tradition that keeps people defeated. Look at what Jesus did in response to the man's plea. If you, Jesus, the man said, can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if you can, he put it right back on the man, didn't he? In other words, when humanity tried to put the healing outcome on the Lord, the Lord put it right back where it belonged. And we have a whole, the vast majority of the body of Christ putting on who died, who got their healing, putting that all on God's side. God's deciding, God knows, God's all-wise, God's sovereign, God's... No, sweetie, that's religious That's religious tradition keep you defeated. Jesus paid for all of us to be healed. He redeemed for us all to be well. But it's on man's side now. Are you with me? It's on man's side now. I didn't get to this in my notes, but next time, I'll, I'll, Lord willing, I'll go through all these scriptures where Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Not, not according to my faith. According, what do you believe? He told that blind guy, those two blind guys, do you believe I'm able to do this? He said, well, according to your faith, boys, be it unto you. So there's this principle here and Jesus is showing it. He's saying, he told the father, no, dad, if you can. It's not on me. If you can, I've got power, I've got ability, but I need you to bring the right chemical of faith to this equation. So the man said, "If Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. That's what I want to leave you with. Believing makes all things possible. Believing makes all things possible. You and I should not be moved when we come up to impossible situations. Because if you've been paying attention and work in this, and practicing, and developing your faith, amen, when all of us, we all will, some way or another, come up to an impossible situation, your believing makes impossible things possible. So when the doctor says you have two weeks to live, and it's impossible to, to live on, your believing makes impossible things possible. You're believing. Jesus said, sir, if you can believe, There's nothing that's impossible. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. We just think all things are possible for God, but it's all on His side to decide who gets the impossible. No! All things are possible with God, but for us to receive those impossible miracles, we have to believe. We have to believe. And so, knowing that, that doesn't discourage me. That thrills me. That thrills me. To know that no matter what comes, it's within my power. It's within my hand. Whether or not I receive my healing or not. Amen? Don't you ever blame, if I leave, don't ever blame God for me leaving. Amen. You won't be dishonoring me. People are human. What did this guy do? He got real honest, didn't he? He just got real honest. And that's really what God's really after. He just got real honest with Jesus. He said, I believe. Help my unbelief. He knew his belief wasn't pure he got on us with Jesus and Jesus said, all right, I'll take that little bit of mixed faith. And he got that boy delivered. Amen. Praise God. Get anything out of that tonight? Hallelujah. Don't leave here thinking believing is hard. We ran out of time, but believing is not hard. My dogs don't go, man, that barking thing is hard. No, dogs bark, man, that's just what they do. You are a what? Come on, you are a believer. That is what you do. You believe what you don't see. You believe impossible things. You believe in a God with whom nothing is impossible. Amen. Stand up tonight. Praise God.